Occupy a Job on Wall Street is an autobiographical novel about New York City in the aughts, centering around a protagonist who was mentored by three sociopaths. The author has more than 15 years of experience on Wall Street bracketing this same time period. While everything that follows is an accurate description of the world he witnessed, names and locations have been changed to protect people's identities. Episode 7, Up to My Ass in Alligators. This podcast is going to fly a little close to the sun by talking about what the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, was doing during the financial crisis. For the uninitiated, think of the SEC as the policemen of Wall Street. In doing so, we're going to skip ahead to the aftermath, back in 2010. The SEC have fucked up by allowing the financial crisis in the first place, and they are angry. First, let's set context. In 2010, an earthquake in Haiti kills over 300,000 people. Canada hosts the Winter Olympics. Median U.S. household income drops to a 14-year low. The president of Poland is killed in a plane crash. For the first time, a greater percentage of women than men graduate from high school. The Deepwater Horizon drilling platform explodes, spilling oil into the Gulf of Mexico for months afterwards. The Supreme Court allows corporations unlimited political spending and an unprecedented $4 billion is subsequently spent in congressional elections that year. Greece gets a bailout alongside an austerity program that it is still recovering from now. Julia Gillard becomes the first female prime minister of Australia. Bin Laden is assassinated by Navy SEALs in Pakistan. The Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform Act and Obamacare are signed into law. In 2010, the SEC are trying to figure out how the most notorious hedge fund in the world, known as SAC, made $276 million in profit on a single trade while the rest of the world was losing their shirts. This is the scene. One of the most powerful sales traders on Wall Street, let's call him Don, has been called into a meeting with no less than five SEC lawyers. Don is sitting down, staring at one of his shoes, frowning. Don's lawyer is sitting next to him, also staring at Don's shoes. Across from them are four men and a young woman in gray suits looking serious. They are sitting down with their briefcases in front of them. Don and his lawyer look up. Don is smiling, and his lawyer is frowning. SEC agent number one starts off. So, how do you know SAC? Don says, no one knows them very well. Well, we have over 1,400 instant message conversations with you and a trader there named Tim. So you seem to know them better than, say, the average man on the street, correct? Isn't that what you call yourselves? The street? Don's lawyer interjects here and tries to call an end to the interview. The reason Don's lawyer is scared is because no one knew back then that your AOL instant messages didn't just evaporate after you closed down the program. It sounds ridiculous now, I know, but it just didn't occur to us. It shows you how stupid New York congressmen are that in 2018 they're still sending insider trading emails, on the White House lawn no less, and getting caught thinking they're not discoverable. And that's email. AOL IMs seemed infinitely more ephemeral back then. But they weren't. Instant messages were just as discoverable as email. And this is where Don finds himself. The SEC agent continues. 
Why don't we start all over again then? Show you a little good faith, okay? How well do you know SAC? Don says, I know a guy there named Tim. That's better. Would you say he's a friend of yours? I've got three friends on the street. None of them work for SAC. Let's get to the point, shall we? Don's lawyer looks petrified just now, because there's been no discovery and this is where the rubber meets the road. The SEC turns to Don's lawyer and says, We've reviewed three years of Don's AOL instant messages, and your colleague has been talking in some sort of code to SAC. Perhaps you could tell us what some of those codes mean, sir? They don't appear to be stock symbols. In at least 30 conversations in 2008, you used the letters LMA. I count 106 uses of GFY, 120 uses of SMD, 50 uses of TTFN. Don just starts laughing. <laughs> it's pretty clear to me that you guys are like traffic cops, getting paid per ticket to justify your budget. Well, LMA stands for lick my ass. Why don't you figure out what the other three codes are, stupid? Bear in mind, it's 2010. No one really texts in this country yet. The SEC thought guys like Don, who were just thugs in expensive suits, were smart. Imagine the SEC spending three years going spastic, trying to figure out a conspiracy over what GFY meant, when it meant go fuck yourself. Episode 8, The Red Rope Treatment, will be out soon. Please subscribe to listen. And hey, if you like this podcast, tell your friends to listen. And if you don't like it and think it sucks, then tell everyone you know how bad it is and that they need to check it out to know for themselves.